You're a spirit man living in a body. And we, you live in this shell of, of a body. And that's where you live. We think, we think to tend to think on the natural superficial area where I live in a city, I live in a house, um, where do I work? That's, you know, it's where do I live? Where do I preside? And, and often, oftentimes where we really truly preside really is in our thought life. How we think, how we address things, how we pick up things. And the reason why I, I wanted you to start maybe thinking a little bit differently is because when we address areas, particularly in our thought life, particularly in the areas of, how shall I say, and God prospering us, we tend to look at our current situation of what we have and what we don't have. In other words, if I say to Pastor Marcus says, you know, you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you. Someone says, well, I don't feel necessarily like a conqueror, Pastor. You know, I've had a rough week. You know, I, I, you say that we're the head and I'm, we're not the tail. But Pastor, you don't understand, you know, I, I you know. I, I, I didn't have it as easy as everybody else. You know, I've always had to work harder. Well, let me just remind everybody that not everybody comes from the same background. And not, but yet we all, get the, the, we all get the best answer. The best answer for our lives. And so this, this evening, I want to, to uh, how should I say, I want us to point our direction uh, and the flow of our lives on the Word. And we're living in the Word. The word is part of our lives and, and learn not to separate it. Learn not to separate yourself out of the word. See, every time you see what Jesus did, see yourself in it. And you see, see Jesus prospering the people, see yourself in it. Anytime you see Jesus healing, see yourself there in it. When Jesus touched the, the leper with compassion, see yourself as being touched by Jesus as, as a place of where he touches you with compassion. You have to begin to see yourself there, live there, and rather live, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, you're, I've heard people say this, and I've always just, just had a distaste for this, you know, you know they're so spiritually minded that they're no earthly good. That's, that's wrong. Because if you're spiritually minded, really, in reality, you're more, you're more cognizant. You're more, you're more, you ought to be more in tune with the fruits of the Spirit. You're more in tune with the Word and, and, and the doing and the working of the Word. Amen. So let's open our Bibles this evening over to the Psalms chapter 25. That's just a little bit of my opening because, you know, in reality, when anytime you get in the Word, we ought to be living in the Scriptures, identify ourselves within the Scriptures, and get our direction. Amen. In the Word. Amen. Yeah. Psalms 23. I said 25, but I, I misspoke. Psalms 23, just a couple chapters back. And as I said before, you know, it's, under, it's important to understand where you're at, amen? The Lord said, and, and I'm going to read this out loud, and as I'm reading this out loud, I just want to kind of, I want you to see yourself here in this, these scriptures. It says the Lord, uh, and the scripture says in Psalms chapter one, uh, 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And, and like I said, see yourself in the scriptures, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, where are you in that scripture? Where are we in light of what that verse says? Well, far too often we can focus too much on the table and what's on the table and what's around the table versus who's in company with us at the table. Are you starting to pick up a little bit of what I'm getting this evening? Because when you and I have a relationship with the Lord, we are, we are, we are very aware that Jesus lives on the inside of us. That it works, it's just not us living this world. That we are, you, you are not by yourself. And, and because you're not by yourself, you have a supply. And I'm telling you, when you recognize that you have a supply and that you are not by yourself, it, 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 should, it should do something on the inside. The reality of it ought to, make, ought to make us start to skip up inside. You know what? I have, I have a greater one living on the inside of me. I am not by myself. You know, so people who get depressed, what is the first thing they always say? I'm alone. I feel like I'm all by myself. What is that? That is a result. Of, it's, not, it's, it's the result of not knowing the greater one on the inside of them. Because even Christians do that. Yeah. They, look on the, they look on the surface. They say, I don't have, I don't, I, I'm by myself. I feel isolated. I feel like I don't have any friends uh, I, or, or the right friends. I don't have enough Christian friends. But the reality is, is they're, they're never alone. They forget that there are, they were made and created to sit at the table of the Lord. And if you're at fellowship with the Lord, you're in constant fellowship. There is a supply at the table. Right. The, the, right. the, the trick is, is to isolate you and to get you to move away from the table right. where your supply is. Yeah. See, the scripture says that there's, never not gonna, that, that there's never not going to be an enemy. Because there's an enemy present watching you as you're at that table. He's there. And the first thing he wants to do is to get you away from that table. Because I know if I can get you away from that table, I I can get you away from the shepherd. Mm -hmm. And what's the job of the shepherd? To keep an eye on you, to protect you, to to, to help you. What's What's good thing about the supply at the table is everything that you need is on that table is there. Everything that you need. And the husband's there, the, the spouse is there, the job is there, the children are there, the peace of God is there at the table. All you need to do is you pull up to the table yeah. and partake. Yes. And here's the thing, I, I, and I, I, you know, we've been, Pastor Melina and I, we've been married uh, a little over 25 years. You know, it's, you know, you think 25 years, you could like, you know, some people, they, when they're, when they live life and, they, and maybe their spouse is gone or gone for evening, there's a tendency, well, I can, you can feel a little lonely without them. And rightfully so, because you're used to, you're used to that, that company. Mm-hmm. But when you're a believer, even if you are by yourself, you should never be overwhelmed with a sense of loneliness because that person's not next to you. Because you have the greater one. You should be able to have your spouse have to go to work, be out of town, and not feel as if though you're alone and, and you feel like you're, there's a part of you missing. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Even if you're single, you should never feel like oh, there's a part of me missing. That's right. That, that I, I, I don't have a family. No, you have a family. You, right. You're your own family. Right. You've got to stop thinking, I, I, I'm not a family until I get married. No, you are a family with the Lord. That's right. That's why he, he lives on the inside of you, so that he can right. give you fellowship on a daily 
relation. Well, I need some interaction. Well, that's why he gave you the Holy Ghost. That's why he gave you prayer so that you can commune with him. That's, yeah, that's right. Pastor Lisa, that's why you have a local church. So you can be a part. You know, I've seen this happen for years. You know, people would go to church. And, and, you know, well, I don't have any friends in that church. Well, and you find out, well, what are you, if you have no friends in the church, what are you doing at church? Uh, nothing. You just go to church and leave. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why we serve is so that we can create friendships within our, in, in our church. Right. You know, when, when someone's a friend with another person and is consistent, then you're, you're, you know, it's amazing. Particularly, this is, you know, you know that your job site is no different. Do you know if someone comes at work, comes and goes, and is not stable in, in their attendance at work, you wouldn't recommend that person to, 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 for a job, would you? Of course you wouldn't. You wouldn't you, if you know that person was inconsistent, you wouldn't hook up your best friend with that person because, first of all, you want to get your friend to stay in church, but you know this person is kind of going around all over doing their own thing. They're not a bad person. They're not doing anything, but they're not really consistent. And so you would look at, at that surface of that and you wouldn't, want, you wouldn't want to uproot that person. Right. And so the thing is, we don't want to be the person that uproots another person. We want to be the person that's stable, that's connected emotionally to the Lord. So that when we when it's time, when God brings that person along, when God brings that job along, when God brings that promotion along, we don't feel like we're by ourselves. Especially when you're, you're, you're maybe the boss and everybody's having friends and your job is not to be everybody's friend. Do you hear what I'm saying? So this really can go deep. This, can, this, this situation can go very deep in, our, in the way we treat folks and the way how we relate to others and, and the way we and, and personally face our commitments with one another, particularly most importantly with the Lord. Most importantly with the Lord, because you and I have a covenant with the Lord. And, and I believe sometimes we forget that we have a covenant. And because we forget that we have a covenant, we miss out on what he's already done and what he's doing in our relationship. Or what he's already done in our relationship, excuse me. So let's open our Bibles over here to Matthew chapter 6. Now, we, we had spoken on this topic a little bit because, you know, we we're talking about the, the flow of prosperity. And, and, you know, you never forget really the true flow of prosperity is your relationship with the Lord. That's right. Do you hear what I'm saying? Everything in regards to your prosperity flows from the Lord. That's right. His direction, his counsel is the way you're going to prosper. Yeah. Anything outside the word, you won't prosper. That's why it's so important as a believer, when you hear the word, as we hear the word, we direct ourselves back in line to what the scripture says. And so Jesus, um, as we, uh, <clears throat> we spoke last week, we talked a little bit about the rich young ruler. We talked about the, middle, uh, the, the model of prayer and, and how, you know, there, we have a reward and that, you know, whatever we do in private, God's going to reward us openly. But notice it was always built on the fact that we had a personal relationship with him. Yes. Yes. Hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Anything outside of that personal relationship with the Lord, anything that you can do outside that personal relationship with the Lord, isn't God prospering you. Boy, I, 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 and it's amazing how much we try to do on our own without him. Mm-hmm. How many decisions we make without him. Mm-hmm. How, many, how many verbal commitments we make without him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never slowing down, never 
and, and then if we do make a commitment, we don't swear to our own hurt. Does anybody know what that means, to swear to your own hurt? In other words, if I tell Sally so-and-so I'm going to be there, guess what? I'm going to be there. And if I double booked myself, I'm going to say, I'm going to have to say, look, my commitment that I made to my church or to my job is important. And so you're going to have to eat crow and say, hey, look, I made a terrible decision. You don't just act like nothing happened. That's right. You don't ignore it. Right. You, you, you address it. Mm-hmm. You say, you know what, I, I apologize. I was unaware that I double booked myself. Mm-hmm. Particularly if you know one, one area is if, if you're not there and you just don't show up. Boy, that, and, and you, put, you put the workload on everybody else. And they're scrambling around to try to cover for that person, particularly at work or at church or or any or or somewhere. I mean, it it could, or like say for example, you're on a team and you do that. Boy, it 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 really people I think don't think about their their word and their role as a person, let alone as a Christian, with the greater one living on and the inside of him. How God looks at those things, because when God gave you His word, He didn't retract, He didn't pull it back, He didn't say, you know, this word's going to work some of the times. I think that's why some folks don't want, no, don't know if whether the word's always going to work for them. Because they themselves don't really keep their own word. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you're apt to not keeping your word and breaking your promises and just kind of not following through on stuff and letting things just drop, boy, it's hard to believe God. It's hard. And matter of fact, you'll wait a lot longer on on receiving from God than you have to because you're not valuing the the word that you speak. And because you can't value the word that you speak, how can... How can you be trusting in what God speaks? And we want the word of God to come to pass in our lives, but it it will only come to pass in our lives if we learn to understand the value and the flow of our words and our relationship with the Lord as it pertains to that. Amen. Amen. And so here we know, again, we're just kind of like doing a little quick uh, little drive-by review, fasting, how are, again, we're, we're talking about fasting, things that need to be seen. Again, God rewards you openly. But over here in 22, boy, Luke 6, 22, this is where we began to see things a little bit differently. Because remember what I said, you know, how we can see ourselves, see our role, see our place, see our position in the body of Christ, or the, the lack of our place in the body of Christ. Yeah. But over here in, in, in chapter 6, 22, Jesus is still speaking here. He says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in your is in is is darkness, how great is that darkness? You know, I am very, you know, it almost would seem a little simplistic, but it's true. If you have a, a, a real a negative bent on how you see things, how you see yourself, it, it tends to be a lot more darker. Do you hear what I'm saying? If, if you don't see yourself as important, you don't see your role as important, if you see things always on a negative bent, with a negative attitude, things tend to, be, can tend to grow a lot worse. If you see yourself less than, not capable, not as smart, not as good looking as someone else, it's darkness. And all that's there is there to keep you out of that relationship, of that prosperity flow that God has for you. Yeah. It's all it's designed to do. Just a little bit of darkness keeps you, keep, just a little bit of darkness keeps you in darkness. It, it keeps you in more darkness. 
because you're accepting it. Light, light of God's word, brings revelation, brings understanding, brings clarity, brings peace, brings understanding to your role and your understanding of who you are in Christ. It brings, brings understanding of your covenant with the Lord. And because you're a covenant person, then you understand the role of your words. You understand your role in your society. You understand your role as a mother, as a father. You understand your, your role as a, an employee. Do you hear what I'm saying on this? Because when we don't understand our roles and we don't understand where we're living on the inside, that, that God is working to bring us into more light, then if we don't come to that realization, we'll just slip more into this dark role of thinking. I'm never good enough. It seems like everyone gets promoted. It seems like, you know, everybody's getting married, not me. It seems like, you know, it seems like everybody's getting rich and I'm just still here stuck. And you get the more you gripe, the, the, the darker things get, the, 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 the more depressed that you will be because you'll feel isolated. And God did not come to bring you to a table to set you down at dinner time and leave you to yourself. Wow, how good is he that he would say, let's come to light. They'd say, if you're seeing things in a dark way, change the way you see things. He's not saying that so that you go, oh, I just have a dark way of seeing it. So I just, my heart's full of evil. No, he's what he's trying to say. Stay in the light, get in light so that you can see straight. So you can see that relationship that you have with the Lord. Because living in darkness, who's ever eaten a meal in darkness? Unless you're ashamed that you're eating what you shouldn't be eating. I'm by myself. I'm on my third pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Don't look at me. <laughs> I'm ashamed. <laughs> and people do that. Come on. They do that. But here Jesus begins to create more of a pathway, more of a parting on certain things. He says in verse 24, because it almost seems like he changes the subject, but he, he isn't changing the subject. He says, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will lo be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God in your own will. You cannot serve God and, and serve the economic world. You, you can't be just going chasing after money, chasing after relationships, changing off the payoff, of, be just going off and just changing, uh, chasing the payoff of the world. Get rich quick schemes. I'm gonna, I got to get me a man, no matter what the cost, not, rec, you know, not really knowing who this person is. Getting, just chasing job from just to get to get paid here, get paid more here, uh, quitting one thing, going on to the next. All that does at the end of the day, it leaves you in darkness because what you're ultimately missing now on the true growth, the true wealth is that connection with the father. You can't serve both because right. you either love one or you'll hate the other. Right. Right. I like what one guy said. People, he says, there's a there's a there's a there's a certain certain type of person. That he says, not all people are like this, but 80% that are, are these the people that are they're really wealthy, or there are some people that will do anything to stay wealthy. They work 80 hours a week, they own businesses, and they just never stop. Men, particularly these type of men that will just work, women can be like that too, but it's mostly found in men. They'll work and work and work, all their, all their identities found in work. They, 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 those people have a very difficult time building relationships because it's all about work. You hear what I'm saying? And you as a believer, 
your relationship is not all about your work and what you have. Because when it becomes all about that, then you're serving mammon. But if you're serving God and you're loving people and you're, you're, you're being a good parent, you're, you're loving your kids, you're, you're, you're raising them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, what you're saying is, is that the Lord is going to be first in my home. And because of that, I'm going to keep him first. I'm going to teach my kids that no matter where you're at, you may be in your car by yourself. You may be in the bathroom alone by yourself. You may be in the backyard alone by yourself. But you are never alone right. because you have Jesus That's on right. the inside of you. That's, right. That's, right. That's why you can live in the light and stay in the light right. and not exercise uh, uh, or do things that would, 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 would separate you in your relationship with the Lord. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because you, you, that would grieve you on the inside. Your heart would cry. Said, you know, I, I want to live a life where I'm always connected to the Father. And when you didn't have, it's sort of like when Adam and Eve first sinned. They, they knew they were naked. They knew and they were ashamed. And the first thing they tried to do was cover because their circumstances changed. Yeah. They, recognized that, they recognized that there was a, now something different that, that yeah. they didn't experience before. Right. And see, when you're connected with God, yeah. when you have a relationship with yeah. the Lord, yeah. when things get separated, you right. feel the That's separation. Right. Right. You know that you haven't been in church in weeks That's because right. you feel it. Yeah. You know that there's something different, that there's something missing. That's right? Right? Yeah. right? Yeah. That's why it's so important to recognize where you live. I live here with the master on the inside of me. And I would not want to do anything to cause him any grief or sorrow. Right. In fact, I want to do something that, that most people may not recognize. Most Christians may not recognize that he's there with them. Living on the inside of them. So I won't misspeak. I won't use a curse word. I, I, I will say the things that are right. I will bring healing and health into a conversation. I won't be divisive. I won't point another person's faults out. Because I know that which I sow, I'm going to reap it back. With the measure that I use, it'll come right back at me. And I, and I, and I do not want to get back what I've dished out. I don't know how many of you, but there's been years where I've, where I've done things and I, and I, and I tasted the fruit yeah. of my own, my own poor, poor self, poor judging of others. Yeah. And I tell you what, once you taste that, you're like, oh, that stinks. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. And I can't act like the victim. I like one thing one of my pastors used to say years ago. He said, you know, if I ever got pulled over for a ticket and even if I wasn't speeding, I'm like, oh, well, you know, even if they were wrong, I knew there was plenty of other times I was speeding That's right. where I didn't get caught. That's right. And so for me to get upset that I got caught, uh-huh. come on, I really got nothing to be upset about because I was doing a lot of law breaking up until that point. You hear what I'm saying? So you got nothing to be upset about because you just reaped. Come on, reaping day just came. Right? So, we, and mind you, when you're by yourself, you're not alone. That's right. Say, I am, I am. not alone. Not alone. Well, and it's so important as believers to, to recognize that you are not alone by yourself. Right. Let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 14. Oh, my, my, my. I feel myself getting a little preach on tonight. True prosperity is knowing that you're never alone. True prosperity knows that you are in full fellowship with the Lord. 
That's why Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. But you got to first recognize one thing. One, you have to ask in his name. Two, you need to be in constant fellowship with him. You know, I've heard people, I've heard, I've heard of people saying this. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to want the wrong thing. What if I want the wrong thing and then, and, and, and get myself in trouble because I'm believing for the wrong thing and it may cause me harm. Don't ever think that. Because if you're thinking that you're going to think that more than likely you're, you're not the person thinking of the wrong thing. That helped me when someone said that. If you're thinking that if you believe for the wrong thing, like, for example, you're, if a, a born-again Christian is never, a born-again person who walks in love, who has the fruit of the Spirit, is never going to be believing. I said a person who walks in love is never going to be believing for someone else's wife or spouse. They're not going to be believing. Why? Because they walk in love. They know that's wrong. Yeah. Right? They, they know God. They know God. They know, they know they're not going to be believing for the wrong thing. But if they want to prosper so they can be a blessing to their family, to their mother and their father, and take care of their kids, God's going to prosper them with that. He knows, he knows their heart. And if your heart has been a little dark and, and it, it just wants to consume stuff on its own lust, God will point that out. He'll, and he'll test you on that. He'll test you in the sense, okay, you want me to prosper you? Start tithing. Tithe. Tithe when no, one, when no one's look, when, when no one's telling you to tithe. Do the word when, I, when no one's there to sit there and tell you to do the word. Right. Speak the word when no, when no one's around and you're, and you're sitting there and you're hurting by yourself and you want to say the wrong thing to the wrong person because they opened up their mouth at the wrong time and you're in a grocery store and they just, you don't know why they even said it to you. You're like, who, who are you talking to? <laughs> and then they're about 18 and they're a little kid t- saying something. You're like... Whippersnapper, you do you know who you're talking to? I'm about ready to spank you right here. <laughs> I mean, I'm at a football game. This little kid, he could sit anywhere else, sitting right behind me. I mean, it's practically empty, sitting right behind me, and everybody's standing. Everybody in the crowd is standing up. Oh, can you please sit down? I'm trying to watch the game. <laughs> oh, I'm about ready to pull my belt off and spank you, young man. You got plenty. Just you don't. Everybody's standing up, sweetheart. Everyone stand up. Just, it's, just go with the flow of the game. If I'm standing up, you stand up too with everybody else. Just scoot on over if you don't want to look at my big rump. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Little kid, little smart alley, little pimple parties. No, he didn't have no pimple. He was a really good looking kid, actually. He just reminded me of, he was a real good looking kid. He just reminded me of one of my, my kids, you know. When you know, when it just kind of reminds you of your Ethan, you're like, man, I'm gonna spank you right here. <laughs> I really felt like that. I got, I went into straight into. It's weird when you're when you're a man, when you have kids around his age, it's like, young man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna whoop you. And you're like, wait, I'm not your dad. I can't tell you that. <laughs> but here's the thing: we we gotta recognize where are we. Where am I? Am I am I am I in Strathmore in a stadium? Or am I Pastor Marcus with a spirit man who self... I didn't say anything, but I was restrained. I was restrained. And those are the things I was saying on the inside in my heart. Yeah. Right? And, and whatever comes out of your mouth, that's what's there. And even though it's kind of bubbling, I cannot allow it to percolate and even come out. Even though I'm thinking it. Because the love of God is shed abroad in my heart. 
I'm just like, okay. I'm like, <laughs> I'm telling you, boy, you know, these things, we forget about who we are and what's in us and where we live. We, it's always something external. I live in Porterville. I live at that house. I, I, I sleep in my bed. This is, this is where I live. This is where I rest. No, where you rest is right on the inside. When you can shut your eyes and be at peace when you're with the Father. When you can open your eyes, raise your hands, or close your eyes, and you worship and say, Father, I thank you, Lord, that I am in your presence, that you are with me. And over here in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, the scripture says this, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, and righteousness, but righteousness and peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. Notice, it's not about what you consume as a believer. It's not about what you're eating. Romans 14, verse 17. Romans 14, verse 17. Say amen when you get there. For the, king, for, the, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. So it's not about, again, this mammon way of looking at things. It's not about what we can take in. It's not about what we can pursue. It's not that what we can use to fill us up to make us happy on the outside. But it's righteousness, right living with God, having right fellowship with Him, living in His presence. Peace that, that can only come through a connected life with the Father and joy and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's why it's important to laugh in the spirit. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. We need to exercise that right now. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. We just exercise. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. So as a, as a believer, you and I, those are some of the things that we should be building in our lives. Amen. We should be building that peace, that joy, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Which Jesus, when he left, he says, when I go, there, I'm, I'm pointing, you know, again, it's a foreshadow. Jesus says, I'm, I'm foretelling of what's going to take place after I leave. You are not going to be by yourself. The Holy Spirit is going to be there present with you. So you're going to have to get your joy and your peace from the Holy Ghost. And I'm so grateful that Paul point, took the time to write that out. Because it's the first thing that's easy to forget that, that you have already on the inside of you. That you can tap into anytime. Anytime you need it, it's there. Anytime you need answers, it's right there. Anytime you need joy, it's right there. Anytime you need peace, it's right there. It's just, it's waiting. It's waiting. It's like a bullet in a gun. It's just waiting to be shot out. It's waiting to be directed. It's waiting to be stirred up. Bible says in Jude, praying the Holy Ghost, building yourself up in your most holy faith. So we're stirring ourselves up. We're praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Well, I love you. We love you. Come on, say God's good.